Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. On this Sunday, before I open in prayer, I would like to welcome our listeners, those of you who have been following the service from around the world, praise God. In 2020, I want to encourage you to continue to listen in, hear God's truth. And if you're not saved, open your heart to the gospel message. A little while ago, one of our deacons sang a song encouraging us to honor the Lord with our lives. In our lives, in our life, there is one, each and every one of us, there is one time when we have to say yes to the Lord that will change our destiny. For the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But when we say yes to Jesus, it changes our eternal destiny. And we have an assurance that we will be with him. So for those who have been listening in on our program, we thank you. Thank you for joining us here at Suitland Road. God has called me to pastor this church, and we surely invite you every Sunday to listen to the message that God has placed on my heart. Church, today's message is coming from the book of Colossians, chapter 18, Christian life. And we, we're not going to go on to chapter 4, verses 1 to 18. This message will be in two parts. That will be next week. But this week, Christian life, Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 to 25. Now, as we go through this, we will see some very practical areas here where our relationship with Jesus, the impact that it has in our everyday living. But this message is not going to be about marriage and as a marriage conference and a family conference, those conferences where you go and you spend a weekend, maybe three, four days, and you spend hours every day, and they're always a rich blessing to receive those, a rich, rich blessing. And over the years, having had opportunity to share with other ministers and speak at those conferences, it's amazing how God brings healing and deliverance in homes and marriages. But what this message is about today, I want us to focus, as God is leading me, on what God says we should do, but our focus will be on where does our source, where does our strength come from in order to accomplish that which God tells us to do? Because many a times, that's the stumbling block. Many a times, if we try, try on our own, it may work for a little while, and then 
we will find ourselves in a place of sometimes stumbling, sometimes total failure, but ultimately it leads to despair. So we always have to focus and ask ourselves, where does our strength come from when God gives us these commands? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, that we are saved. You save us, and now we are experiencing the Christian life. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are inside of us, and you are far greater than the spirits in the world, for you are God himself. So please touch our hearts and minds now. Open our hearts to receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So in verses 18, wives... Submit to your own husband as is fitting in the Lord. In our culture today, that's a, a challenge because folks, the enemy has come into homes and marriages and churches. And, and if you follow the norm of the culture, folks are claiming their right and their independence and so forth. And they struggle with that. Then, husband, love your, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. That's a problem also today because there is such self-centeredness and focus today instead of this sacrificial, unconditional loving and caring. But yet, God tells us you have to do this. Love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to God. And children are confused today. They're being told at a young age, obey me, obey me, obey me. And when they're young, they sort of have no choice, so we take their hands and they obey us. And then when they get of age, they, they're looking for their sense of independence. And then they pull away from their parents. And it has become such a struggle. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. And today we have fathers who are demanding of their children, you better do this or do that. If you don't do this or do that, I, I will hold back some, something from you and force them into obeying them because they threaten them. And so they make them almost want to say, wait until I don't need you. Then I'll function by myself. So we'll stop there for now, 18, 19, 20, and 21. And yet... Yet, God wants us to experience this in our lives. He wants us to, doesn't he? He just didn't say it and say, well, I'm just going to say it, but not, I, I really don't mean it. No, God wants us to experience those things. But how can we? How can we? Our perspective. Let's look at the perspective. Look at, look at what God is saying here. God is saying... Wives, submit to your own husband as it is fitting in the Lord. See the perspective? Yes. So God says, this that I'm asking you that might appear to be impossible to you, it is in the Lord. What exactly does in the Lord mean? God says, when you do this, it pleases me. When you do this, you will experience my strength. You will experience my blessing. This is the only possible way, wife, that you can do this. It's the idea of Christ who humbled himself. 
did not cling to his right to be God, but he humbled himself. And he came in all form because he's obedient to the Father, the point of death, even the death on the cross. In the Lord is key here. God is the one we are pleasing. The instant we begin to think, ladies have to please this man, the devil comes in. Uh Uh-uh. It's in the Lord. See, what's, what is the key here? And once that is settled in perspective and understanding, everything else comes in place. Are you follow? Yes. Everything else comes in place because what happened? God, you are behind this command. This is not a command you give me, dear God, to do, and I have to do it out of my own. Your spirit inside of me is at work. And at the end of the day, Father, I am pleasing you. That in the Lord is talking about a relationship. These verses are being written to believers, to the church, to Christians. We can experience this, and we do experience this. Husband, love your wife, and do not be bitter towards them, and you can rest assured. It is because they have to, husbands have to depend on the Lord. The extent Ephesians expands on it a little bit more, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, where he says, your love for your wife displays God's unconditional love for the church. So, Father, thank you, dear God. In the Lord, that has to be settled in the understanding in the mind. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Mistake, mistake, mistake. Parents make when we train up our children and we say to them, you better obey me. You have to obey me. Right? If you want my favor, you better obey me. We say to them, when you obey, it pleases Jesus. And we say that to them when they're very young. This just pleases Jesus. When you disobey, it does not please Jesus. It is well-pleasing to whom? To God. It's well-pleasing to God. So even as that child grows up, if that child is seeking independence, and that child says, look, I want my independence here. I'm going to do my own thing. In their hearts, what happened? If child, let's assume the child is born again. The Holy Ghost has the word of God in that child's heart. And he is at work. We don't have to fight them, pull them, quarrel, argue. Because who is at work? The Holy Ghost. Because who is the obedience? The, be- the obedience has to do with what is well-pleasing to whom? To God. Well-pleasing to God. I'm going to say something right here. And fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So, question is this. Do you think all fathers have done this 100%? I'm a father. No, I haven't. So then we look back and we say, what do we do now? That our children are adults. What do we do when we look back at you, when we look at your lives? Well, I'll tell you what I do and what I encourage my fellow pastors especially. When I meet with them and I share with them, we say, I say to them, let's do what God says we should do. God says, if you think that you have not sinned, 
Think you're the perfect person. Two things are happening. You're deceiving yourself and you're making God a liar. So here is what I do. Because I don't want any room for the devil to work. I come before the Lord. Literally come before the Lord. Father, where I have failed as a father to not honor you in training my children. Father, please forgive me. That's what I do. I don't do it because it's some brand, grand idea I came up with. It came up, I have no choice. God says, why not not do that? Because that sets me free from Satan. Because here is what God says. He says, when you do that, I promise you that I am going to forgive you and I am going to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You think I stand here saying, Father, I have loved my wife Oh, the whole planet needs to look at me. I express what it means by loving your wife. It's on to the Lord. No. Right. For right now, I can't lie. My wife is right there. But it's better. So I prayed, Father, please forgive me. Are you following this? Where in my relationship with, with my wife, it has not been as on to the Lord. So please forgive me. I have victory over Satan immediately. Wives, the same thing apply. Can all the Christian wives in this assembly say, I have always been obedient to my husband. He is the head of the household. I honor him as a priest of the household. God put him there. He has authority from God. Like Sarah, I call him Lord. Don't worship him. But I've honored him. Decisions, husband, you make it. No. No, but then what do we do? We don't leave room for the devil. We don't. We say, Father, where I got things all twisted and out of shape, Father, I want to do what is fitting to the Lord. Please forgive me. That's the best way, isn't it? That's the best way. Because it's, was, it's what fitting to you, dear God. It's a verse that Deacon McNeil shared, isn't it? From Romans chapter 12. God, I'm giving myself to you as a living sacrifice. And when we don't fully, we say, Father, please forgive me. And help me, God, to do just that. See perspective? Now let's move on. We thank God. Remember, what's the key here? The source, the strength, to whom? Pleasing whom? What's in the heart? What's the motive? It's pleasing to whom? To God. If that's not right, what do you think happens? Simply, look up here. The devil will beat us up. That's leaving a room for him to work. We'll try it for a little bit, but then what happens? We will... Struggle, and then attitudes will come in. Say, now, wait a minute. You know, I'm being submissive here, and I'm doing this, but he or she, they're not doing their part. But when it's as unto the Lord, then what happens? The battle itself becomes whose? The Lord. It's a good place to be. Verses 22. Now he's going to expand this from the family into the workplace 
bond servants, obeying all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye services as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive, from the Lord and the Lord only, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For why? For you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Whatever we do, we do it. We're doing it as unto the Lord. This, this moves from the family, goes into life, right? At that time in Rome, the system was very simple. You're either a free person, you're either, or you're a slave. You're either a slave or you're the owner of a slave. That was the culture. Paul is not addressing any of that. What Paul is saying, and obviously this is one of the prison epistles. He's in prison, and he's aware of Philemon, who has a slave named Onesimus. And all of that he is dealing with and sorting out. Share the gospel with Philemon. Philemon came to the Lord, and he's appealing to him. Set him free that he can do God's work. But in the midst of all of that, it, it's the, this is universal. It doesn't matter. We can't say, well, that was back then. This is now. No, 2020, right now. When we work in our workplace, this should be our attitude. This is a healthy for the young people to get hold of. Be diligent in what you're doing. Don't just do it. The boss is coming. I've been sitting. Let me rush and do something so he or she can see me doing it. And then at the end, it will pass a pray for a promotion for me. <laughs> doesn't work that way. It does not, simply does not. We're not eye-serving. We're not pleasing men. In sincerity of heart. What an awesome definition. I'm serving God. I'm serving God. So I will show up on time. If other people are not, I'll show up on time. Whether they're believers or not, I'll show up on time. Because God gave me this job. I'll go beyond and work because I'm pleasing God. I'm believing God will use me to be a witness to others. This is not just about income. And I'll do it not because I have some kind of attitude. It's sincerity of heart. And if I don't get the promotion... I'm still pleasing God. Think of how free, how that will free us up. Think how amazing that is for the young people to get hold of that concept very easy, very early in life. There's a joy that comes in the soul just by doing what you're doing. And knowing that there is a satisfaction in doing it because what's the satisfaction? I'm pleasing my God. Not man, knowing that, and why? Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of your inheritance. Why? Because we are serving God. I'm serving God. That's what I'm doing. And God is the one who will bless me. 
Are we following that? The source, the perspective of what God is doing. And think of how it will free the soul. Most people are switching careers all the time. One career, nope, frustrated, anxiety, stress, depression, I need to move somewhere else. Two years after, nope, anxiety, stress, depression, I need to move somewhere else. God is saying, you serve me. The enemy will come against you, but you serve me. That job will never be able to give you a satisfaction, in the, a joy in the soul. That joy can only come because I'm serving God. If it's not I'm serving God, when the going gets rough, you're ready to quit. Isn't that what happens? Oh, it's different for us believers. It is different. Are you following this? Today we're not dealing with, we're dealing with the source, the strength. Where is it coming? Who am I pleasing? Are we following this? Don't want you to lose that. This is what the Spirit placed in my heart to share. That's the key of it. Because if that's in the right focus, everything else. Same thing in the pastorate, by the way. Don't think for any moment that you say, well, no, pastor, you guys have it easy. You don't have to deal with, listen. The devil does not like to give up territory. We as pastors, we minister to folks with all type of things. And the demons come at us directly. But here is what makes us going. Lord, I did not choose this. You choose this. Book of Ephesians says, Christ himself chose to give these gifts. And in that gift, here is the pastorate. You did not, we don't choose it. God says, I choose the gift and I choose you. And then he says, I'm going to do two things inside of you as a pastor. I'll operate inside of you by my Holy Ghost. This ability to love and care for my people, to pastor, to shepherd, and then I'll give you the gift to teach. Because that's how you're going to do it. Plain and simple. Book of Ephesians. God made it very clear. It says, You're a pastor, you're a teacher. Now, when I do it, I have to do it as pleasing whom? God. I'm serving whom? God. And that's why I reach out to the pastors. You all know this from the very beginning, 30 years ago, when, and say, oh, dear God, use me to encourage the other pastors, to encourage them and encourage them, especially when they're young. Like my dear brother, you know, church up there in Winchester, will be calling him and praying for him and encouraging him. Stay the course, brother. You're pleasing God. You're serving God. Who will give the reward? God will. All right. I want us to pay attention to, for you're serving the Lord Christ. See the difference? Now, here's the difference. We're serving God. We're serving our Lord Jesus, who is God, and he is the Christ. He is our Savior. He's not our Savior in the past, and he's not Lord right now. He is our Savior for me more than 50 years ago. He brought me to himself by his mercy, and he is Lord of my life and your life. He is Savior and Lord. It changes, doesn't it? 
people in your workplace, people are the people giving you problems, say, listen, you have to consult my Lord. You have to consult him. Don't, don't come terrorizing my soul. Consult him. He is my Lord. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, for there is no partiality. One would think that when Paul makes this statement, he should be making this statement to the master. But he's not. He's making this statement to the servant. Logically, it seems he shouldn't make this to the, come, come on, Paul, you need to make this to, the, to my master. Straighten this out with him. Says, no, I'm making this to you. Right? Because you have a value. Your master might look at you as a slave, but God values you. And he wants you to respond to him. In society, you are a slave. In God's eyes, you have value. And God wants you to be aware of your diligence to him and to fear him and to know that he's not going to condole your sin. Are you following this? God is the one. So don't do wrong. Don't do wrong to your master. Don't do wrong to others. Because you're serving God. Let's bring this to an end. Are we following the essence of the message here today? The truth sets us free, isn't it? The truth, perspective. Knowledge in the heart, and then we respond to the knowledge. It's plain and simple. If we're not seeing life, the Christian life, from our relationship with Jesus, every time the devil brings something, someone works through someone towards us, we will start fighting that person. We'll make that person the enemy. And here is what God says. He says, you do not fight flesh and blood. Keep in mind, where was Paul? He was not in a luxurious place. He was in jail when he wrote this, in prison. And he is saying, I'm serving God. I'm serving God. You do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness, dominions, spiritual wickedness in high places. The only possible way, look up here, the only possible way that we can understand that battle and win that battle is when it's settled in our hearts and our understanding that we are serving God, that Jesus is Lord of our lives. Everyone got that very clear? Only the truth sets us free. The devil is a liar. Don't expect anything truth from him. Thank God. If you're here today and you're not saved, plain and simple, believe in Jesus. Believe in him as your savior. Don't delay. Don't put him off. He died for you. He loves you. He loves you. Went to the cross and he paid the price for your sins. Come to him. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your word.
Thank you for your truth that sets us free. So we bless your holy name, dear God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the truth of your gospel. Thank you, God, that you're reminding us every day. We who are not saved, Father, I pray for salvation. But we who are saved, Jesus, you are reminding us to give ourselves to you, serve you. Thank you, Jesus, that we are serving you and cause us more Holy Spirit to serve you. For you are the only one that will reward us. We're not serving men, we are serving you. We're not serving ourselves, Jesus, we are serving you. So we bless your name. Guide our every thought, our every decision, Lord Jesus. Guide the way we deal with life and life problems, God. Remind us, O Holy Ghost, that we are serving Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Amen.